woman tried many physicians yet through words so did Jesus she came Just believe when you call. 
stand beside her and guide her through the night with the light from above from the mountains to the prairies to the oceans wide with
band of Christian soldiers fighting Satan every day. We're standing up for Jesus while we're kneeling down to pray. If his precious blood has cleansed you and washed away your sins, that makes you a member of the blood washed Marching till we reach the goal For the battle's almost over And we'll soon be going home Saints go marching in Singing praises to the captain Of the blood-washed band
of Waymaker real quick with me. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. That is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are 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 even when i don't see it you're working even when i can't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when I can't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. Never stop, you never stop working. 
worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. That is who you are. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Till every dark addiction starts to break. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus. Name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadow.
to Mike. I came out here the other day when they were working on the pipes that run from all the way in that corner to all the way to that corner. And when they tried to get under the stage, they found out that it had been sealed over. The last time we did some work, it had been sealed over. Couldn't get in. 
that side. And the only way we could get in is right where all that stuff's at. So we started pulling the stuff that was in there back, and I'm probably the one that unplugged stuff because I didn't know what. I'm trying not to unplug anything, but you had to move it all to get down in there. And uh, I know it was a big job, and they got it all done just like it never happened, but when you plug it back up. But Mike said something that's I think stood out, and every time you come to God's house or every time you live your life and you go through any kind of a day, you're going to find out not everything goes smooth. When Steve Rogers, the picture on the, in the foyer, there's a man's picture out there, and his name is Steve Rogers. He came here, played guitar, played the bass, and he sang bass with a quartet. And all of a sudden, at 39 years old, he fell dead. And it was so unbelievable that we just walked around and looked at each other. The whole church, Steve had a heart for this church. He loved it. He loved to sing. I'd look over sometimes, Duran, he'd just be crying. He couldn't hardly sing for crying. But God took him out. Didn't seem right. Sometimes we do things and every enemy in, in seems like it's come against us. He's pressing on us. And you know, we walked around and looked at each other for a few days. They had the funeral. And I remember telling Whitey, Adam's dad, I remember telling him, Whitey, when Jesus was arrested, nothing seemed right. Wasn't fair. Didn't seem like that the, it fit what was right in the eyes of the laws or anything else. They did everything they could to rush him up on a, on a cross and to kill him that quick. Didn't seem right, but how many knows it was right? God's got a plan and God's doing his plan. I know that don't seem like a fair thing to do. You think a, a button's a button and a, and a plug it in and make it work. But the truth is, sometimes it's more complicated. And sometimes the enemy gets in front of us. Sometimes he tries to stir us up. Now, I want to talk to you today, but what I want to talk to you about is I want to talk to you about spiritual victory. And the reason is because God laid this on my heart last week, and I know what God is saying today to the Christian. We have a lot of things happening in our world. We have a lot of problems happening in our world. But how many knows God has already written how it's going to happen? He already knows what's going to happen. He knows exactly where people's mind are, where the heart, he knows where the church's mind and heart is, and he also knows where the world is. And God has a finished work for all of us. He has a finished, uh, Randy brought it up, about finishing well last Sunday night. He preached on that. And you know, I thought about that too, Randy. It's a big part of it. But I want to talk to you today, and I want you, to, if you've got your Bible, to turn to Joel, the book of Joel. It's after Daniel, Hosea, and then Joel. If you can find it in your Bible, I want you to turn to the third chapter of it. And I want to bring up a couple of things that you've probably heard all your life. And sometimes people say to themselves, that ain't for the church, and that ain't for uh, what we're worried about because we'll be gone if the rapture is going to happen and the church will be lifted out of here. 
But let me tell you something. Everything written in this Bible has a purpose for the church to hear it. Hear what I'm telling you. Because if you've got to know something, know this. God is going to do what God says he's going to do, and you need to have the faith to believe that. Because if you don't, you won't be ready when he tells the church to come home. Now, I want to say that because, see, I think everything in this Bible means something to me. I think it's important that God put it there, and he put it there for God's people to read it. And that means you and I. Yeah, I, I'm ready to escape this great tribulation coming. Aren't you? I don't want to be here. I don't know about you. I love my children, my grandchildren, but I have to lead them by saying, I'm going home. When Jesus calls, I have going to have spiritual victory in my soul. Hear what I'm telling you? I'm not going to be half in, half out, playing one side or playing the other. I'm either going to be in or I'm going to get out of it. But if I'm going to be in, then I'm going to have to have spiritual victory going on inside of me. You and I all. And Rick brought this up in our, in our uh, prayer meeting yesterday, men's prayer breakfast. The weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're spiritual. The pulling down of strongholds. The fight that we're fighting today, this fight of the spirit, this fight of the, of the having God in our heart and being ready and being prepared for every battle that comes our way. God has provided all things. Nikki sung about it. He's provided all things for us to be able to walk through this life, not with physical victory all the time, but with spiritual victory all the time. You can walk in him. And I don't care what's going on in your flesh. Don't worry about it. Because something's going to be happening in your flesh all the time. Something's going to get on your nerve all the time. Okay. In Joel, the third chapter, I just want to read verse 2. I want you to hear this. I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat. And I will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. Look at verse 14. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. I titled this, The Final Fought Physical Battle. I mean, here's what I just said. Let me tell you something other. You think the fight is, uh, is whether America gets the best army or Russia's got the best army or what's going on in them other countries. Let me tell you something. God knows and he arose this country for a purpose. I don't know all the answers in prophecy. I try to read stuff and try to comprehend it as I feel like God shows me. And I don't try to add to it or take away from it. I just try to understand the best I can. I know and I've read other books, that prophecy books, that has told you 50, th 50 reasons why to believe it their way and they believe stuff that I don't even see where they got it at. And I'm not picking on them. They may be called to do that. I don't know. But I know this. When I stick with what God's word, I'm reading something. 
You know what I've read? I've read there is a final physical battle going to happen. And let me tell you something. That's not for God's people. That's for the, the uh, judgment that's coming upon this, uh, upon this world. You may not like to hear this, but I'm going to tell you something, other. There's only one that can do the battling, and that's him. I can't whip, uh, I can't whip Russia. I can't whip China. I can't whip these people. Can you? You know what I heard the other day? Listen to this. Someone said it the other day. 70% of American people, if we were attacked, could not run a city block away. 70%. Now, I got a feeling they don't know the heart of people because I got a feeling there's a lot of soldiers and a lot of people here that has the heart for this country, and if it kills you, you'll run two blocks if it takes you. But what I'm trying to tell you is we're out of shape to fight a physical battle, ain't we? Look at America yourself. Judge it for yourself. Some of you young people... I can tell you right now, you can, run the, you can run the mile. You can run a whole mile to get away. But if you don't have the heart for this country, God can't use you anyway. Or if you don't have the heart to fight the battle, it doesn't matter. We've got good soldiers. We've got soldiers that are willing to put their life on the line. But can I tell you something? Our answer is not patriotism. Our answer is not our army that way. Our answer is him. And when the battle begins to start at the Battle of Armageddon or this final battle that's coming about, guess what? You and I might stand beside Jesus when he comes back, but it ain't you and I to fight this battle. All he's got to do is speak the words and they will fall. And their army and their, all of their technology, it will melt in their hands. They can't do a thing about it, Carl. They can't stop what God does, but they think they can. They think, they still think they can. The nations will gather, they will decide. Listen to what they're coming for. They're coming against God. How many sees that already in America? They don't like American Christians, period. They don't want you involved in their election. They wish you'd stay home, Christian. They wish you'd keep your nose out of it. Just go to church and talk to God. But don't ask to be a part of our election because we don't need you. I even heard Republicans say that. Yeah, both sides. You know why? Because when the light shines on them, they ain't really living what they're supposed to. They ain't really got the heart for the people of God. They ain't really got the heart of what God is trying to do in this nation. And if we ain't got the heart to do it, we won't be doing it. I'm sorry, but there's spiritual wickedness in high places. And if we're going to fight this fight, we're going to have to fight it spiritually. That means get on your knees, read your Bible, be prepared to speak up when somebody attacks who God is. Because God's recording it. God's recording every time you have the opportunity to say, I'm sorry, but I believe Jesus. And I'm really sorry, but I'm sorry you feel that way, but I believe Jesus is going to take over and rule it all one day. They don't want to hear that. They think they got the upper hand. Turn to Ezekiel, the 38th chapter. If you've got your Bible, it's in Ezekiel. That's back about four books. 
Turn to the 38th chapter. Look at verse 1. It says, And the Lord came unto me, saying, This is Ezekiel. He's getting a prophecy. I want you to hear what he's saying. The Lord came to him, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog and the land of Gog, the chief prince of Meshach, Meshach, Meshach or whatever, and Tubal, and prophesy against them, and say, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, chief prince of Meshach, Tubal, I will turn thee back and put a hook in your jaw, in thy jaw, and I will bring thee forth and all thy army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company of bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Persia, Ethiopia, Libya with them, all of them with shields and helmets, Gomer and his bands and house, and the house of Togomar, Togarma, whatever, of the northern, of the north quarters, all his bands and many people with thee. How many knows God's doing, God is making a statement here to Ezekiel that guess what? And Ezekiel, I want you to look back now. Ezekiel's a prophet, and he's in the days of the, of the bondage. And God has spoke to him in this, and this is something in the future. This is something going to happen. But what he did is he's, he opened his eyes to something. And he said, I am against thee. What is he talking? He said, write this down because there's a coalition of nations coming together. Who are these nations? They call them Gog and Magog. Some, some have said that's Russia. Some have said because of the names, they try to tie it to Russia. They came out of the tribe of Japheth, which was one of Noah's sons. But the real truth is, whether it's them or not, what you've got to really understand is not necessarily who it is but it's what they're doing. They have set their mind to say, we are going to fight against God. Boy, you're talking about nerve. How do you fight against God? Do you see him? Do you swing at the air? Do you just curse at him like a lot of people do? No, you know what they're doing? They're going after God's people. They're going after Israel. Why? Because they're going to challenge this people of God. And you, you can look right now. Listen, American people can look right now. Christians can look right now and know that Israel's not living no better than any rest of them. They miss Christ. How many knows what I'm saying? But God's writing something to Ezekiel that he wants written down because the day's coming when they won't miss him. And they will be his people again. Guess what? The church is gone. Now listen to me. The church is gone. Why are they gone? Because there's a spiritual victory. Jesus paid the price. If you're in Christ, you're ready. If you're not, if you're walking by the Spirit of God and not the flesh, you're ready. I don't care how many times the enemy gets in your face and tries to tell you ain't good enough. Can I tell you, you hold on to who paid your price. Your faith, and you believe him, and you trust him. There'll be days when he'll be all over you, Liz, and you'll say, oh, Lord, I feel your presence all over me. Then there'll be days when I feel like, oh, I'm just walking through dry land. Don't know where you're at, Lord. But you keep walking, and you keep trusting, you keep believing. 
because there's victory in Jesus. It ain't never changed and it ain't going to change. He's coming back to get his church. The one's ready. The one's looking for him. Same one that wrote these books. Look down at at chapter 39 of Ezekiel. Look at verse 1. Therefore the Son of Man prophesy against Gog and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. I will turn thee back and leave but a sixth part of thee, and I will cause thee to come up from the north parts, and I will bring thee upon the mountain of Israel. Listen. When they get their coalition together, guess who they're going after? They're going after Israel. And God's going to bring them. He's going to put a hook in their jaw, and he's going to bring them up there. And guess what? Israel's going to be so outnumbered. Because America ain't going to be there for them. We're, even with the Christians, we're having a hard time supporting Israel. What do you think it's going to be when the Christians are gone? They ain't going to support Israel. They're going to support their own money, their own self, their own wickedness in high places. God's liable to wipe us out. America that we know. Much as I love it, Sue, it's a beautiful land. God has given, I can look back and see the blessing on blessing on blessing of nation, generation after generation. But can I tell you, you either stay with the gospel, you'll stay with the truth of God, or you'll get sucked into what they're doing. He goes on to say, I will smite thy bow. Listen to this. I will smite thy thy bow out of thy left hand, and I will cause thine arrows to fall out of the right hand. Give thee unto, and give thee, where is it? Oh, verse 4. Thou shalt fall upon the mountain of Israel, thou, thou and all thy bands, and the people that is with thee, I will give thee unto the ravenous birds of every sort, and to the beasts of the field to be devoured. Thou shalt fall upon the open field, and I For I have spoken it, thus saith the Lord. How many knows? That ain't me and you fighting that battle. That ain't Israel fighting for itself. It ain't going to be Israel's nuclear bombs that wins that war. Listen to what I'm telling you. Get out of your mind out of the physical because, see, we got a nation right now that they want to talk about the patriots. They want to talk about all of the army. They want to talk about all of the technology we got. But can I tell you something? If God decides to push the button, you ain't going to have no power to do anything. We can't stop nobody. If we ain't right with God, it won't happen. If Israel is to see Who's on their side? Listen to me. If the day comes, there has to come a time when they, Abraham's children, those that know the story of Abraham and the promises and the covenant, when they begin to see Jesus coming in the clouds to fight their battle for them, listen to me. They will fall upon their faces and they will mourn. Look at Zechariah 12. Turn to it. Zechariah 12. I want you to hear it. Zechariah 12. Israel turned away Jesus when he came. He was humble. He was lowly. He was meek. 
He didn't come on a white stallion. He come on a little donkey down into the city of Jerusalem. And they laughed and they mourned and they made fun of him. And they hung him on a cross. And they didn't care. I'm not accepting your way. I don't want you, Jesus. Get rid of that Jesus. America's trying to do the same thing. You think God's just going to pat us on the head and say it's okay? I don't think so. He's got a victory here, but it's spiritual victory. It's not the physical. America can clean up all their laws. They can clean up who's in the White House. They can clean up who's in the government. They can clean up a lot of stuff. But if they don't turn back to God and say, God, I need you, they're in trouble. You know it. I don't have to tell you. You know it. Because you can vote good people in and they'll, they'll spoil them. They'll destroy them in a short time. Because we ain't able to do this on our own. We need him. In Zechariah 9, or Zechariah 12, verse 9, it says, And it shall come to pass in that day, listen to this, that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. It's another prophecy. Listen to what Zechariah is saying. He's talking about the same thing. It's another nation. Now, you know what, Bobby, sometimes I read other people, uh, if you read some of these prophetic books, they'll put all these different battles in different places. But can I tell you, I think there's a final battle coming. A final, and it's a physical battle. See, that's what I look at Armageddon. I look at the day when God says, you want to keep standing against me? You want to keep hating me and my people? Guess what? I'll draw you right to their face. And you'll be looking at them when I show up to fight their battle for them. Praise God. You want to know what's going to happen. This is happening. This is in God's word. I may not be able to explain it all in a short time, but I can tell you right now, it's coming. God's already got it written down, and it's coming. It's all over through the Bible. Armageddon is written from chapter 14 of Revelation all the way to 20. And it's all over throughout the Old Testament. And it's in what Christ said in Matthew 24. It's all over the place. You think it's not going to happen? It's going to happen. He says, I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Listen to this. The spirit of grace and of supplication. What supplication? That's that earnest prayer, earnest cry to God. Praise God. What am I talking about? I'm talking about Israel seeing Jesus for who he is. And realizing it. Oh, we've turned against him all these years. We never accepted the Son of God. We never we did not go to him. We didn't instead we destroyed him. The very gift that the Father sent to win our battle. And now they got all these armies coming against them. And they got no coalition of America and other people coming to take their place. But Jesus will step out of the clouds. And he will come back and he will fight their battle. And when they see him, listen to what it says. They shall look upon me whom they have pierced. And they shall mourn for him as one that mourns for his only son. 
they will know they've killed their only son. Listen, the only son of God, they'll know they have killed him. They turned away from him. And here he is coming back for them. Israel's got a second chance. Why? Only because God's got a work that has to be finished. Israel's no better than we are, except that God made a promise. That's why he's coming back. And it says, they will mourn for the only son and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. In that day there shall be a great mourning in Jerusalem as the mourning of Hadadramon and whatever it is, in the valley of Magadon, which is Armageddon. And then it says, and the land shall mourn, listen, every family apart, and the family of the house of David apart, and their wives apart, the family of the house of Nathan apart, and the wives and their wives apart, and the family of the house of Levi's apart, and their wives apart, and the families of Shemaiah apart, and their wives apart. All the families that remain Every family apart and their wives apart. Why did he write it that way? Because he wants you to know it's going to be a personal grief to them. Every family will know. They stood with their country. They stood with their Jewish heritage. And they rejected the very Son of God. Just like they had turned away the prophets that tried to warn them. When the Son came, they, they crucified him on the cross. Didn't want it before their face. Let me tell you something. You may not like the gospel. You may not like the spiritual walk with God. You may say, no, I, I know how to do everything and, and I'll be good enough to go to heaven. I keep my kids aligned. I keep my bank account just right. I do everything just right. And I'm ready God couldn't refuse me. How many knows we need spiritual victory? We need something deeper than that. We can't do this. I can't earn my way to heaven. My physical can't win me anything. But Jesus came and laid down his life that my soul and my spirit is renewed inside. I'm alive forevermore. I still need the body. I'm going to need the old body, need a new body. But it's good to just take care of this that's already alive inside of me. Every family apart. In Revelation 20, this is at the uh, close to the end when, uh, when Satan is put under a thousand years and then he's loosed again. Now I want you to hear it. You may say to yourself, that ain't got nothing to do with Armageddon. Well, listen to what it says. Because sometimes we separate things. God is doing a greater work. God has spoke about Armageddon in the 14th chapter. He's talking about how he's preparing those nations to come against Israel. He didn't tell them to go get He just seen this rejection and this rebellion that's going on in America too. It's going on all over the place. Rebellion against God. And you know what he's doing? He's saying, I've tried to reach you. I've tried to preach to you. I've tried to, to put out my, my 
arm of love and grace to you, but you push me away. I don't want nothing to do with that gospel. That's that old-fashioned stuff. We don't need it. You know what we need? We need to do what Jesus said do. We need to fall upon our face, and we need to repent of who we are. Because if God don't rescue me from me, see, I, I get rescue, rescued from love, and that won't help me. I get rescued from my home, it doesn't help me. But I got to get rescued from me. Because inside of me, I'll fail without him. In Revelation 20 and verse 7, And when the thousand years were expired, Satan was loosed out of the prison, out of his prison, and shall go out to deceive the nations, which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog. Again, same thing Ezekiel wrote about. Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is the sand of the sea. And they went up, listen to what they did. They went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. Why am I saying that? I want you to see something. They decided they're going to come up against Israel. And this, I believe, as I read that, Israel's already, they're already for rescue. Their heart is broken. They know they have no one to call on but God. How many know they're ready? You ever see somebody under conviction and they're ready to be saved? God's already broke down those walls in them. They know I've tried it every way I could. I can't do this for myself. Jesus, if you're there, if you can help me, God, send somebody to find a refuge for me because I'm in trouble. See, that's where I think Israel's coming to. Don't you know, listen to me, church, the heart of our Heavenly Father is to bring the people to the face of Jesus, His people. He wants to bring Israel back. And when He does, they will be melted in their heart. They will be humbled. They will mourn and weep. He says, they decided these nations together can pass the camp of the saints about and, beloved, and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. How many know that last physical battle is all him? It's all Jesus. You know what? It says in there, we get to ride a white horse. Church going to follow him on white horses. I don't think we're there, but nothing but for the glory of him. I got a feeling songs are going to break out. I got a feeling the, the, the rejoicing is going to be going over and over. All the earth will be rejoicing over. He has come and rescued this little nation of Israel again. Before the greatest army, they have de de put it all together and decide they're going to destroy Israel. I don't know about you, but you may say, that don't mean much to me. I'm in the church. I'm going to be with Jesus. But I'm going to tell you something. That means everything to me. My heavenly father, don't forget, Israel and, and the Jewish people have been guilty of a lot of things in life. But so have we. It wasn't but by the grace of God that he sent his son to them. They rejected him, and the gospel was brought to every single one of us. Outside of Jewish people, we wouldn't have the gospel. But since he sent his son, 
Whosoever will can come to him. Whosoever will. In Revelation, I want to read one verse in Revelation 14, 20, because you've heard this all your life. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to tell you what's going to happen in Israel's time. I want to hear you to hear what's going to happen during this time. It says, Revelation 14, 20 says, Blood came out of the winepress, even to the horse's bridle. How many has heard that before? Let me tell you something. When God comes back, his son comes back and fights this battle, when he calls on the destruction of these armies, the blood, they say, will be six foot high, up to 175 miles long in a valley. The blood. You say, that's ridiculous. It's got to be mixed with water. It's got to be mixed with something. Maybe, I don't know. I don't really know. I'm just telling you what the Bible's teaching. The Bible's telling you that when this great valley comes and the destruction comes from the hand of God, judgment is coming on those that have decided I'm going to fight against God and his people. You think God can't win his battle? You think he's worried about their nuclear bombs? He ain't worried about none of those things. There will be a great destruction up to the horse's bridle, and he says the blood will flow. I know you probably don't want to hear that stuff, but it's true. In a 16th chapter of Revelation, the 16th verse, says he gathered them together, in the place called Armageddon. I want you to hear the name, Armageddon. 1616 of Revelation. How many knows? John the Revelator is writing these things. He's putting the pieces of puzzle in place because guess what's coming? The final fight, the final fleshly fight. They think they can fight against God. They think they can fight against God's people. Now, me and you, we know we have suffered in this life. I look back at our apostles. We read Thursday night in our Bible study how all of a sudden the church has started and right in the 12th chapter it starts right out saying Herod decides to kill James, the first one of the apostles, and he puts Peter in prison. You would think everybody's saying, wait a minute, I thought God was behind this. I thought there ain't no enemy got no power here. How many knows the enemy's trying to stomp out Anything that's spiritual. You wake up on Sunday morning and you're crying and praying and you're saying, oh God, show me what you want me to say. Show me what you want me to sing. Show you, and guess what? God's liable to show it to you, but you're liable to fight every devil in hell to get there. And he'll come against you any way he can. The enemy will, because he don't want you to speak what God says. Mike just said it. He just made that statement. I came down here. I came down here to play. He drives all the way from way up in Ohio and didn't get to play a note because some knucklehead unplugged something wrong. Yeah. Ain't that pitiful? You know what? I can't apologize enough, but can I tell you this? God needed him to come here, and he's got trials of life just like you got trials of life. Some days it's not so easy. Some days the money just don't measure up. Some days the problems just seem to overwhelm me. But I had to step back and say, God, I need you again. I'm just your child. I need you again. 
Let me go on. In or in uh, Romans of eighth chapter. No, let me let's turn to Matthew first. I want to read this because I want to get on to the spiritual. Just a few seconds because I'm not going to be long. But in, in Matthew 11th chapter, and you've heard this many times, the 28th verse, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you what? Rest. rest. How many is at rest today in their spiritual walk with God? Are you at rest or is the enemy just knocking you off your feet every time you turn your head? Have you got any, <coughs> any victory going on inside of you? Because I'm going to tell you something. He said, come unto me, all your labor and heavy laden. I give you rest. I needed rest. Sometimes my physical body tells me I need rest. But can I tell you, my spiritual mind, my spiritual battle that's going on, the enemy's fighting me. My children ain't living right. My grandchildren, I'm, I'm worried about it. I'm praying, Lord, you bring this to pass. You bring the, the conviction to their soul and help them to find you. But see, right in the midst of the, the world of flesh and the devil's trying to fight against my spirit. He don't want me to walk in the spirit of God. He don't want me to love God. He don't want me to trust God. He don't want me to turn and pray to God for over stuff. He wants me to skip along like, well, fate will be what it'll be. Happen, it happens. It don't, it don't. I ain't accepting that. I don't accept what the devil tells me. Or my flesh. But he says, take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest to your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. We need to come to Jesus more, don't we? Oh, Lord, I need you more. I need to find the place of rest today because the enemy's fighting me. Maybe you have different battles. Some of my battles way over my head. Most all of them go over my head. But I know this. If I keep holding on to him and I keep praying, all of a sudden the light will open up. The spirit of God will begin to flow. And I'll begin to rejoice because I know he's heard me all this time. He knew right where I was. He knew exactly what I needed to hear. Sometimes it'd come in a little song. I was thinking of the song Bondi sang about <coughs> you know nothing till you know the love of God. You can own this world and all of its money. Build castles tall enough to reach the sky above. But if you've not come face to face with Jesus and his grace, you know nothing. I want to tell you something. You don't know what spiritual victory is. Till you know Jesus is in front of your face. That you're walking with him and talking with him. That you're leaning on him and depending on him. And that is something you don't walk away from. That is something you hold on to because the enemy is trying to steal it from you. He's trying to get you to go back to be who you was. There's a surrendering of all that you are. Are you surrendered today? Are you walking in victory because I've surrendered all? I don't know what my future is. I don't know what next week's message is, but I surrender, Lord. Whatever you say is okay because you know what's going to happen. Romans 8. I want you to hear this. Matthew, come on back up here. 
There is therefore now no condemnation. To who? To them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not in the flesh, not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Are you walking after the Spirit of God? I'm asking you a question. Why do I ask you that question? Ain't none of my business? Yeah, it's my business. Because I can tell you tonight, right now, I can tell when people are walking with Jesus. Can you? Sometimes I look on people's faces, and they're so happy to be at church. And then I look at other people, and I think, they're so happy church is over. How many knows what I'm talking about? Let me tell you something. We ought to have victory in this house. I ought to be happy to get with God's people. I ought to have a thrill inside of me when I see the faces. We went to a funeral last week of a little Mary Gross. And when I come in, me and Shirley got there at 11 o'clock. The layout was 11 to 12.45. They gave me 15 minutes to preach. But at 11 o'clock when I walked in the door, Carl and Patty was already there. You don't know the thrill that I got in my soul. Because it wasn't how close we were to them. We didn't know Mary's family from nowhere. Because they didn't let them come. Mary's the only one that came. But see, they were reaching out to that family. Before I know it, Patty's talking to both of the daughters, just loving on them, letting them know. And I thought to myself, that's God's people. They want them. They want Mary's prayers to be answered. Mary's 94. She left this life. Guess what she wanted in her prayers? She wanted her children to live for God. She wants her grandchildren to find God, just like you and me. So when you go and you begin to be friendly and, and show compassion to others, know that they're crying to the Heavenly Father and their prayers and their tears are bottled up. God knows all about it. And you keep praying for them because guess what? God's going to answer that prayer someday. He's going to reach into their hearts and He's going to get a hold of them. He's going to convict them. He's going to do what he can do to bring him to him. In Romans 8, verse 2, it says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, I want you to hear this. The Spirit, the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. When you accept Christ by faith, you take a hold of him, you say, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm a sinner, and I need to be saved. But when you get a hold of him, he sends the Spirit in you. The Spirit in Christ Jesus is in us. And he lets us know we are a changed person. Not because of us, because he came in. He makes all things new. He takes off the old man, puts on the new man. I don't walk by these eyes. I walk by the spiritual eyes that he gives me to walk by. And that's our walk. Listen, we got to have the spiritual victory. we got to walk by the Spirit of God. Hear what I'm telling you. Down at verse 6, it says, To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Again, he's talking about not only life, but he's talking about peace. Christian, we ought to have peace. We ought to have rest in us. And I'm only rested when I know Jesus is right there with me. When he goes with me to a funeral and i got to preach a funeral and I have no idea what to say to these people, can I tell you? I remember what his voice tells me to say. 
I can't impress them with words, but his word is eternal. He speaks comfort. He speaks truth to the heart. He knows. He knows all about that person. He's seen them from the beginning to the, to the day that you're looking at. Down at verse 14 of Romans 8. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. I have my heavenly Father. Guess what? He loves that you accept what his son did for you. He brought it to you. He gives you the gift, but he loves it when we embrace it, hold on to it, and treasure it. See, not too many churches are treasuring the very presence of God. We have to treasure it. We have to pray for it. We have to seek God that he will be welcome into our churches. Don't you want him to be welcome? I do. When I need help, when I need prayer, when I need anything, I want God's presence there. I love you. You might be able to say a real good prayer. You may do a lot of things, but can I tell you, without Jesus, you can't do nothing for me. I need him. The physical victory is not what the Lord wants us to settle for. Some people look at their finances, their children, their wife, their self, and they say, boy, I just, I just man, I'm so blessed, I've got everything. How many knows God don't want you to have victory just in your flesh? Oh, he'll give you lots of things. But guess what's going to happen when you leave this life? The spiritual victory is already going to happen. That you have Jesus in your heart, that you love him, and that you're saying, oh, Lord, I can take my eyes and turn away from this world and look ahead because I got a future in Jesus. I don't have to let death scare me. The sting of death's gone. In Jesus, this corruptible is going to put on incorruption. This mortal is going to put on immortality. You say that sounds like a fairy tale. Well, read it yourself. That's what I get out of it. But I don't know how you can see it any other way. He made it real clear. 15th chapter, 1 Corinthians. And it's very true. Victory, spiritual victory, is knowing Christ. If you don't know him, you don't know what I'm talking about. Well, see, our, even our church world, thinks that they make everything look good on TV. They make everything look good in the church. But that physical will win people over. No. They're won by the love that we've showed, that Patty and them showed to Mary and Mary's family. Can I tell you, people are won by that. My family can tell you that was my father's call. He loved people. He cried with them. He visited them. He had funerals with them. He shared meals with them. Not for the flesh, but for them to know that Jesus loved them just the same as he loved him. Can I tell you, I don't care what you're going on in your life. 
I don't know what our America is going to be in 10 years from now if we last that long. But I know what the answer is. It's Jesus. You have to have a spiritual walk with him. Don't walk according to the flesh. Walk by the Spirit of God. That's who we are. There's not another answer coming. If he comes back for his church, he'll come looking for those that are ready. I'm not your judge. I'm not trying to. But I can't stand there and help you. I can't stand there and do anything. I can't help myself. I have to be in Christ. I love my grandchildren. They all come over to the house the other day. Praise God. They're here. I love them. I want them to know Christ for themselves because he'll show them things he ain't showed me. He can fulfill every life. I don't care who you are. But you have to have spiritual victory if you're going to know Christ. This ain't a club you join. This ain't a book you sign. This ain't a, a group, a clique. No. We're all striving to know him, to be in him, to trust him, to keep our hand in his. I have no idea what the enemy's going to try to knock. The church had no idea that James was going to be killed and Peter was going to throw it in jail. You'd have thought the church might as well close up and go home. No, God was just getting started. How many know there was a lot of victory out there? Apostle Paul stepped on the scene. Suffered a lot of things for the gospel's sake. But there was great victory. Everybody stand if you would. I want you to get your mind off of the news and the physical warfare that they talk all the time. The Bible says there will be wars and rumors of wars. They're going to happen. Can I tell you, most of it is a smokescreen to get your mind off of trusting God. See, I think we got to trust God. If God gets done with me, he'll take me out of here. If God gets done with you, he'll take you out of here. And those that's following you is going to have to pick it up and walk the walk. And God will use them. Our family, you know what? We didn't know what we was doing when mom and dad was leaving here. We were nervous wrecks. We tried to fix everything we could, but we couldn't fix what was wrong. God was calling them home. This gospel's real, it's alive, and there's spiritual victory for every one of us. Don't let the enemy tell you you can fix it with money, a program, somebody's new book on it. You know what? All you need is him, and you need more of him. Get with God's people. Hear what God is saying. Praise God. Okay. While they sing something, you come if you need to. Weak and wounded sinner. Lost and left to die. Raise your head, for love is passing by. Come to Jesus. Come.
Jesus, come to Jesus and live. And now your burdens lifted and carried far away. The precious blood has washed away the stain. To sing to Jesus, sing to Jesus. Thank you. 